Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming out to this little heat and greet on a rainy Friday night in New York City. My name is Peter. Oh. My name is Peter Rosenberg, and I'd like to bring a man up who really needs no introduction, but we might as well do it anyway. Turn that up a little bit, Jay Hart. A little more volume on the on the on the on the music. A little more volume on the music. I had a heart attack earlier today, no pun intended, thanks to uh, Peter Rosenberg. But, uh, yeah, I'm happy to see you guys here. Now we got a packed house. I see a lot of virgin shirts. We got, yeah. up, we got an Uptown Malcolm shirt coming. It's not here today, but uh, look online. That's coming. It's fire. Now, and now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, make some noise. He came all the way from California today. The maker of shoes, the mass man. The maker of fine footwear. The maker of fine footwear. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to be here at all. I know you don't. And ladies and gentlemen, the biggest brand in sports today. Yeah. The brand is strong. Make some noise for Titus O'Neil and the Titus brand. Well, real quick, why the decision to take the brand worldwide? You were doing so well domestically, and then, <laughs> and then you said we have to take this thing international. Well, I don't know any brand out there that is satisfied with being domestic, uh, including WWE, uh, Nike, or Adidas, or Under Armour aren't just sold in in the United States; they're sold worldwide, and so. Uh, my character and who I am as a person, I want that to be known worldwide, and I want people worldwide to embrace who they are uh, and, and be the best that they could possibly be, not just for themselves. But Are you offended that Stack Guy Greg left you off the Black Power rankings this week? SGG? <laughs> Hold on. I can't. Hold on. Hold on. Shame. Hold on. Shame. 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 Hold on. I, I can explain. No, no, no. I, I didn't. I, I'll listen. I didn't leave you off the Black Power rankings. I left you out of the number one spot. You're actually number two on the Black Power. Was rankings. that what happened today? That is what happened today. You're number two. I don't recall that. I, now, I, I guess I wasn't listening. Even check the tape. I don't know if that's true. Even Titus O'Neil will respect the number one pick. I went with Naomi, Ember Moon, and oh, Sasha yeah. Banks in the three-one, three-way yeah. tie because yeah, they I, are making yeah. history right yeah. now. Three African American women, yes. all competing for a world yeah, championship. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely take second place. That was as close as you get. I'm sorry. Oh, that, I'm, no, that's respectable. that's respectable. That's respectable. Yeah, I'm 100 percent behind that. Uh, not just because they're African American women, but uh, also too, they're just help. They awesome people. Three great people. You know, uh, me and Naomi started around the same time, and uh, to see the success that she's had, but also the frustration she's had along the way uh, to get to where she is, and you know now I'm. I, I was proud of shit of her. I drove driving. I went and did a yoga event at Barclays and saw her picture up on the on the uh, on the uh, marketing piece uh, outside of the the uh, the arena. And I texted her and just told her, "Man, I, I love you and I appreciate like you just sticking with it." Because she was she's been frustrated for years and to see so her. Naomi going to be the first lady of the Titus brand? 
Whoa, uh, I don't know, man. It's a lot of. I mean, I mean, me and Sasha are close. Me and Naomi are close. Like you know, Dana Brooke is trying to make a, a push to get in. You know, she's. I mean, like you said, I got options. You like know you what said, I mean? Listen, I got options. Listen, it's like you said. The tightest, tightest worldwide was not satisfied being domestic. You shouldn't be satisfied uh, with just throwing <laughs> 205 Live. You oh, no, no, no. Don't NXT worry. It, it, yeah, I'm de- definitely, we, we're going to grow. Don't worry about that. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm definitely uh, looking to add more people. Since, well, this you is, have your eye on? since this is the Cheap Heat Podcast, and we do, add, we, do have, we do real talk on here, I'll ask you one serious uh, question. Um, we all, every nerd in this room knows everything about your career, and we all know about the time when you were suspended a couple years ago. I want to ask you, how is your relationship with Vince uh, today? That's a real question. I really want to know. Um, my relationship is, is good with Vince, to be honest with you. I've never had an issue with him. Uh, it was a situation, and like I tell people all the time, you know, it's done and over with, but, you know, had I not put my hand out there to make the gesture to get Stephanie to go ahead of you know, all of us, then who knows what would have happened. It might have just been wrong place, wrong time. But, uh, you know, I tell people private, privately and pub- publicly, like, you know, Vince has been very well, very good to me. Uh, he's afforded me an opportunity and a platform to do some remarkable things along with You mean like end up people. doing your own TED Talk, for example? Well, I, that wouldn't be Vince. That but would that, be, yeah. the, door, the door, uh, having a door open, and now you get to do incredible things that make a worldwide impact. Yeah, well, I, I think the TED Talk would have happened anyway. Um, the, the person that kind of curated the TED Talk and got me the opportunity actually pitched me three years ago. And because I was a WWE superstar, they told they said no. Really? So yeah. it was actually the exact opposite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've so got did you, yeah. have, did you have to sell them? What did you tell when you meet someone like that who says we think you're great, but this whole wrestling thing? What, yeah. what do you tell people in that situation? Well, I didn't tell them anything. I think um, you know the lady's name is Julie Siner. She's the chancellor at UCLA, and uh, she was the the, the uh, uh, head of student um, relations at the University of Florida when I was there. She was vice president there when I was vice president of student government. So she worked closely with me at the university, and she just wanted to try to think of something outside of the box, but that's. Uh, you know, a talk that they she felt like a story and a and a person that could deliver a talk that could really impact and change people's minds in a different way. And so she actually pitched me in 2014, and I didn't do the talk until this year, 2017. So they they pretty much monitored both what I did, you know, from a personal um, aspect and as well as what the WWE product was. Uh, and realizing that it's not the product of old, that it is the PG programming now, and it's going a different direction. But I think the thing that kind of took took everything over the top was this, uh, for me to be able to get the opportunity, was one, what I did for the homeless people out in San Diego, and then two, I do this big Christmas event every year called the Joy of Giving that I've been doing now for like, this would be the eighth year, and uh, and they were just like, it's really cool. And the reason why I started that was because uh, I grew up single-parent home, and my mom was raped uh, at 11, had me at 12, and uh, we we struggled a lot. I, I was government housing, labeled a bad kid, got opportunity, but I remember at 12 years old, somebody telling me that uh, somebody coming to a Christmas event, and they brought a, a car, a remote control car that said, uh, and she said to me, I wanted you to have a good quality gift. Um, and I got this gift specifically for you. And I kept that remote control car until my, my junior year in college. The only reason I don't have it to this day is because my roommate in college, K 
came home drunk. And, and disrespected uh, the yeah, remote control car. Yeah. And needless, yeah. <laughs> but needless to say, uh, yeah, needless to say, me and him fought like cats and dogs that night. God rest his uh, But, you know, so this is a, a event uh, going on eight years now. Um, this year it's going to be at Raymond James Stadium wow. down in Tampa. Wow. Uh, my goal is to give out 10,000 gifts, and I have some pretty strong partners to do it. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, real quick, uh, obviously the reason we're all uh, geared up for wrestling this weekend is SummerSlam. You, of course, have a, uh, a title match to think about, which is Zawa and Neville. But is there anything that you specifically really have an interest? Because the fact of the matter is not everyone has time to follow every story that's going on in a given week. However, you will find uh, that people will make time to kind of go to the monitor for specific things. Yeah. Pardon my obscene name dropping from working backstage at WWE now. Um, but <laughs> but it's true. Sorry. I oh, know. I know. But it, it is true, right? People make you see people make a, a certain specific effort to watch. Is there anything that you will make sure you're by a monitor to watch uh, tomorrow or Sunday? Well, I was just telling um, the uh, DJ earlier, um, Shane or Sean, I'm sorry, that this is actually the first time that uh, that I actually want to see the entire show from top to bottom, like in any pay per view. I think this is honestly. In the last, especially in the last few years, uh, I feel like every single match on the card is like gonna kick ass. Everyone, on. and I, I mean, not that I didn't feel that way before, but like I'm just there. Are so many different stories within stories throughout every single part of this show, and so uh, for everybody that's gonna be in attendance or watching on the WWE Network, I, I truly believe in my heart. Shoemaker, you're not in your head. Is it because you agree or because you think Titus would beat your ass if you disagree? Do you? <laughs> Shoemaker, you are a tough critic. Really, what I haven't talked to you about this yet. What do you think of the card for we Sunday? Have, we haven't talked. Uh, before I go answer your question, I just want to say Brian Campbell is on his way here right now. Oh, my. Oh. oh, my. oh. I guess you don't know how, how surprises work in the wrestling business there, David. No, no, no. More, more, impo more important than the surprise, when he walks in, I want you all to chant, you sold out at him, please. Yeah. I, all right, well done. I forgive it. That's... I would rather him be embarrassed than you guys be surprised. Okay, right? well, well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this is I, I, uh, I, I haven't written a column in a while. I wrote one today, and the, and the premise was that this was a, this is the it feels like SummerSlam. SummerSlam has been the sort of the show for fans like us for a long time, but from top to bottom, it feels like this show has been fantasy booked in a way. Like they're all like. Like just like really simple little stuff that w that that doesn't really matter. But the fact that that like Nakamura is in the SmackDown title match instead of John Cena, but John Cena now has a match that you kind of care about because it's like now you're interested in that. Why did they do this? You know, like from top to bottom, there's something about every match that you're. It's you want to see the match, but you also want to see like why they did why they put the, why they're putting this match on at SummerSlam. Right. Um, and so yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with Titus. This is the first time. I mean, the match that – I mean, I, I can't speak for everybody, you know, who, who listens to your podcast, who's in this room right now. But, like, they're, they're, like AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens is in some way, like, like, the, like the, the, you know, platonic ideal of a smart mark wrestling match, whatever. But that's, like, the most straightforward, like, 
angle that they've been yeah, pushing for this whole time. It's the, it's like the most it's the most like old school sort of match. Everything on this card has a reason to be interested in, for you to be interested. Now, whether or not they you know it, it's fulfilled on Sunday is a different question. But I totally agree. Like I'm very intrigued by every by almost everything on the card. Only thing I'm I'm surprised we did not get a I'm surprised there wasn't enough time. Or, or, or was it prioritized to have Jason Jordan and The Miz having a solo match at SummerSlam? And I, 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 I wanted, I, I, for, I for a long time have felt that if you're, if Jason Jordan is Kurt Angle's son, and, right, exactly, if he's Jason Angle, and he is the athlete that he is, and from every conversation, I'm sure you can speak to this well, people say that he is the most freakish athlete, I and mean, we're talking about a Shelton Benjamin kind of like real freakish athlete, I think you, you put the, the rocket on his back completely, and he's in a meaningful match at SummerSlam. That being said, I'm still happy to see him on the card. He will be involved in the six-man tag. Yeah, I, I think also, but if you really look at the the grand s- scope of everything, you know, you don't, with a guy like Jason, I, I feel like you don't want to, like, get him lost in the mix of everything else. And even though uh, he is a tremendous athlete with great star potential, and Kurt Angle, uh, being his father, you know, being uh, an aspect of it, uh, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah he, uh, he. Uh, I think it, it, it's a slow process. I think a lot of times, like from, and I'm not a, a wrestling buff, but from what I've seen over the years that I've been here, is that when you kind of force feed somebody to the fans, then they don't, they kind of reject them. And I don't want to see, I don't want to see him get rejected. See, I sort of want to reject it because I think the bad guy Jason Jordan with Kurt Angle would be awesome. But I do, I totally hear what you're saying. Yeah. I think either way though, you make a great point. It is a, it's a stack card. Uh, SGG, do you have anything specifically you want to talk Titus O'Neil about? Or you're, you're on the way down the other side, or are you still marking out for Bret Hart? Yes. <laughs> oh, by the way, if you didn't, if you didn't hear today's podcast, that guy Greg met Bret Hart. Everyone, so. <laughs> Make some noise for uh, the Brian Dipper scene in the building. So, same age. That's right. So, Shoemaker, what's uh, what's been going on? Welcome back to New York. Thank you. It's an honor. To it's have good you to be back. home, isn't it? Yeah. We ran the "I'm Coming Home" montage before you walked in. It was very touching. <laughs> the Diddy song was playing. Show me. It was like WrestleMania in Miami, whatever year that was. It was That's great. Were there clips of me like writing Deadspin columns in a bar? <laughs> yeah, it was just you, like kind of drunk, smoking a cigarette in a Brooklyn bar. It was a, yeah. It was a touching, mo- avoiding your friends. Your texts it were is. coming up, and you were just putting your phone face down. Which I, is right now. <laughs> First of all, that's what's happening, yeah. yeah look, face-down phone shoemaker right here. No one texted him. The important part of my, of, of my like, creation montage is the part where it's like eight years ago and I'm writing about wrestling in a bar and people ask me what I'm doing and I tell them and they laugh and walk away. And that's not the case anymore. Has, so that, cha- yeah. has that actually changed? Yeah, of course. People like wrestling now. Wrestling, wrestling's okay. So you feel it's... Uh, uh, there you go. Make some noise. Yeah. You're okay. When I when I I told this story before, but when I started, I was writing for Deadspin.com, and every time I wrote a column, people the first comment would be, "What is this doing on this website?" And now every website in the world covers professional wrestling. Yeah, it's it's obscene. And we were talking about Deadspin back then. It was beneath. And now, now Deadspin since then has become a really big source. But no, but it was it beneath was, it's Deadspin. A, it's a sports blog. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like that's not that far removed. SGG, honestly, how are you doing today? I mean, this has been a long, serious day for you. 
Today was one of the best days of my life. Did you? <laughs> He's not joking. There's no joke there. Don't laugh. Did you call your mother today? I spoke to my mother. And told okay. Her. And tell us, tell us about the conversation with your mom. It was, it was a really short conversation. I, I, I walked in and I said, Mom, I met my childhood hero. Now, leave me be. I have to go shower and meet And, 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 and your, your mom said, and we know that you're talking about Bad News Brown. And you said, no. <laughs> and she I, said, you I are Because he's from Harlem. Yeah. And she no. went, no, you're a fraudulent Bret Hart fan. No, and, and did she know who Bret Hart was? My mother doesn't know who anyone is, but she's always happy to hear, like, the stories but your, your valet is here tonight. Yes, she is. Make some noise for the Thank you, Zach Linder. Can I ask a question about your Bret Hart interview earlier? Please. Between Bret Hart and Brian Dipperstein, who lives in kayfabe more fully? Oh, God. It's probably Brett. If you guys didn't hear the interview, I'm going to give you a replay of it. Jay Hart, can you turn my, my mic up a little bit? This is very rare that I'm the quietest, but I feel kind of low. I think we're all, we all feel quiet. All right. This is the interview with Brett Hart today. Oh, my God. Stack Guy Greg, put your boner away. It's Brett Hart. <laughs> you know, um, it's nice to meet you. Um, you know, the thing is, I, I wasn't very particularly excited to be here today because uh, there's only really one person I like to talk to, and... Um, that person is Brett the Hitman Hart, the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. He went on a streak of burying people. That, it was, like, it was glorious. All facts. I don't even know how Eric Bischoff came up. <laughs> All facts. He's literally like, that guy is the dumbest guy in the history of the wrestling business. But did he lie, though? I, uh, listen, I, Eric Bischoff has to have some traits that were positive during that time. I, I do. I did enjoy. I did enjoy. I've been watching a lot of '96 uh, recently. There's a lot of good stuff in there. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of bad stuff in there too. But ultimately, the energy like that you see and that I imagine you played a part. I mean, I don't have know enough about the inner workings of WCW in the mid '90s. No matter how many Tony Schiavone podcasts I listen to, I, I only know so much about that. But I have to imagine Bischoff was worth something. Do you he have does, a take on he Bischoff does too? I'm sure. But uh, are you going to doubt the Hitman? I apologize. <laughs> I apologize, Greg. I did not mean to oh, doubt that. Of course, Bischoff was. He's valuable, correct? Of course. In what way? How would you look at him? Like, how do you look at Bischoff? He was running the company when they did the NWO. I mean, like, when the NWO was made, confirmed. Like, when they were beating WWF in the ratings, he was in charge. Like, hold on, except, well, a lot of those guys if had. He had one, if he had one skill, that was the moment that he was, show, he except, was on display yeah, right there. Except that a lot of those guys had creative control clauses in their contracts and. A lot of those guys were booking for themselves. But that doesn't mean that they weren't, just because they had contract stipulations doesn't mean they weren't agreeing to the storylines that he was no, doing. No, I mean, it means that it had to pass through Eric Bischoff, but did it come out of his mind or, like, go through his ear? I, I don't, I don't check, know. Checking whatever they said? I, we were not there. Well, was, well you, know, you know who was there. You know who was there. Bret Hart. And he said, Bret Hart. Was Bret there, though? Let's be honest. He was there. I mean, Bret, Bret was, in, in, Bret was the definition of in, in WCW and Jace. Yeah, it's so funny too because Bret, Bret Hart's my favorite wrestler of all time. Yeah, and, yeah I, I can't tell Peter Rosenberg. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. No. And, well, and and as much as I love him and I love WCW in the mid '90s, I don't particularly love anything that Bret 
did. I mean, even the stupid spear with the. That was amazing. The La Parka promo is worth like 10 years of WWE. <laughs> Uh, it's it's a weird it's a weird feeling that I have about that. Uh, <laughs> no, hold on, real quick. We do. Uh, what Wait, do you, that, I, I, I want this entire show to be about the conspiracy theory. What was that conspiracy? That, that Vince, Vince sent Brett to WCW to ruin the company. Does anyone actually? People really believe this. Yeah. Okay, I have a question. Here's a very wait. The is? You sold out. 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 That worked really well. Well done. Well done. Pass those mics down there, ladies and gentlemen. Make some noise for the Brian Campbell. So, hey, you people. <laughs> you know who I am But you don't know why I'm here um, Brian, I, I know why you're here And you're going to explain to us the, the theory that Vince sent Bret Hart to WCW To ruin the company He may have sent him to this podcast to ruin us <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, was, that was a That was <laughs> that, was, that was a mage cat That was a that mage was, cat uh, I have to give Plenty of respect. Pat, do you have a theory? Do you have a theory on this? The, the uh, that conspiracy theory, the Brian Campbell. Yeah, he sent him across the street. He knew what was up. You really think that? This is so great. You really think that? <laughs> do you actually think that or not? I can't look. Obviously, I have right. Get right close to the mic. First of all, that's a great shirt over there. But uh, uh, we have one for you. Don't you worry. I, you know that Brett is so good. Wait, is that Campbell? <laughs> Campbell's the Miz. <laughs> You know, Brett may not be top ten all time, but obviously he's legit. <laughs> I mean, obviously. Oh! I mean, obviously he's really good. I can't believe that he would just that he would just fold it up in his peak and be that bad. You know, after crossing the street. I mean, come on. Right? Wow. So you did not expect Shoemaker when you brought this up that he was one of these self same lunatics, did you? Yeah, he's a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> no, that's absolutely not true. Nobody thinks that, right? No, nobody. All right. All right, here's what I, here, guys. Here's what we're gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna uh, Jay Hart grab some music real quick. I want to take a brief break so we can take some pictures, hang out, say hello to everyone. Yeah. Shoemakers can smoke six or seven cigarettes. Um, <laughs> How uh, long is this break? Uh, no, not not enough for six or seven. Spirits take a long time. Stick around. When we come back, we have a lot more to do. I promise. Thank you guys so much for being here. <laughs> Keep heat and greet. It's going down. Brian Campbell will get all your thoughts on SummerSlam. There's a lot to do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, a lot more to do here on this uh, Cheap Heat Live extravaganza. The headphones might be more trouble than they're worth, but just know that I can hear you guys and you sound clear. Pete Campbell? Testing. You sound great. Stack guy? Great. Where is the maker of fine footwear? Sound tremendous. He's smoking a cigarette, as I promised. He'll be in in a minute. Um, and actually, you're right. They do sound good. Can you guys hear us in the house? All right. We, we do need to bring, keep everyone nice and low so we can hear everything because... I'm able to hear us in our headphones, but as you can see, the speaker situation in the house isn't that good. Um, it's slightly, if you will. All right, uh, SGG card on uh, match on the SummerSlam card that you are most excited about. 
AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens with Shane McMahon as the special guest referee. Spoken like a true wrestling fan. Spoken like an absolute true wrestling fan. Hey, Jay Hart, I have a good idea. Bring the mics a little bit lower. Bring the mics a little bit lower. And yeah, Mike, turn this. Maybe you can turn the speaker up a little bit lower, higher. The mics get lower. Um, or maybe not. That was the bad, the bad idea. So I tried I try that. All right, uh, the Brian Campbell match you're most looking forward to on Sunday. I did want to shout out the guy in the Dennis Rodman uh, NWO shirt right there. Yes, that's hip hop. I mean, that's, that's a, the hip hop. That's the hip hop mic with the shirt of the night right there. Uh, look, you're gonna have to ask me what's the match you're most looking forward to besides the main event, right, Peter? That's right. I mean, because the. Wait, so you, you're, you're hands down most looking forward to the Fatal 4-Way? Because I really like violence. That's right. We know that about you, Lee Brian Campbell. I mean, that's what it comes down to. But, yeah, what am I most looking forward to? Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt outside of the main event. You know, Demon Balor. And it's, and it's not just because I like blood in a bucket and Satan versus Satan booking, but I think we're, something crazy is going to happen, Peter Rosenberg. I think. Wait, what do you mean? What would be something crazy? You know, they don't let me book the damn territory. But, Not anymore. But I think once Bray goes down the dark and dirty road, there may not be any coming back. Because we got to remember something, people. Talk to Demons, him. they ain't baby faces. This is not going to work long run. I think he's going to join Bray's side. Whoa. 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 Uh, okay. Wow. My lethal weapon's my mind. You know what I'm saying? And guys, Brian Campbell is not drunk. Uh, Shoemaker, not that I know of. Speaking of drunk, grab that beer. Shoemaker, yeah. what match are you most excited about on Sunday? Ooh, um, that's a really good question. Okay. okay, let's try it. I know there's a lot. There's a lot to uh, look forward to. I mean, the main event is is going to be really great. A.K.A. the mage event. Yes, that's what Campbell's most excited about. In a vacuum? If I, if I hadn't seen the past... Two. Are they doing an in a vacuum match? I've not. Seen <laughs> they were going to do a vacuum match after they booked the, uh, the Braun Strowman Roman Reigns aircraft carrier match. That's yeah, exactly no, that was it. The, the vacuum, the in a vacuum match was Hog Wild 1998. <laughs> the, uh, um, I mean, if I hadn't watched the last two months of TV, I would be much more stoked for. Uh, I mean, I would have said Alexa Bliss versus Sasha Banks would have been at the top of my list. What you mean? Had the last couple of months not happened? If I didn't think that it was just like a you know a replacement match together. for what they had originally uh, planned, right? Um, that is the part that makes it annoying because you should be completely excited about that match on paper, and yet it ends up not being that exciting because the story was somehow even though the story wrote itself, it's somehow not that much of a story, right? Which is a little frustrating. Um. I mean, honestly, like top to bottom, there's a lot of potential for great matches on the card. I, I, it's just, you, you, is that me? I don't understand the direction. Hey, Mike, maybe just what speaker can you guys hear us out of? What speaker are they hearing us out of? That's all the way down. No, no, the song goes all the way up. You're confused. Peter, could you so turn that shit down in there? No one's there, so maybe we turn that could off. Could you explain together? to them that the rhythm is actually the bass up. and the bass is the treble? Thank you. Oh, you know what? It's been so long. It's been so long. I mean, it's not like Thank I'm trying you. to talk about chords or strings, but come on. That, that, that's tremendous. That's tremendous. But, yeah, I'm a little bummed out about that, too. Now, don't get me wrong. That is the, that is the, the match to have. But at the same time, the fact that it turned out the way it did, how it got there, is a little bit odd. SGG, match you're most excited about? It's still AJ. And it didn't change? But, but at the same time, it's been at least five minutes. 
I had some time to think about it. And, and you still feel yeah, the same way. I'm settled in on that choice. Um, okay, well, how about this? This is the question I've been getting asked the most randomly in the streets, if you will. Um, Juanito, you don't have to do work. You, you do not. This is not Donald Trump's America, and you do not have to randomly. No, listen. Even though, even though the Brian Campbell looks like he's a member of the alt right, this is not. This is not. Do I really give off Remy higher learning vibes? Come know. on. <laughs> the hair's a little, there the hair's are, a little bit short. There, no, sorry. Yeah. There are some very fine. There are some very fine people on both sides of this table. I didn't Peter Rosenberg is trying to kill me today. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, the modern day Maharaja, the WWE champion, Jinder Let's save some energy for Sunday. I better get the same reception when I come out against Nakamura. Yo, Jinder, thank you so much for making some time to hang out with us wrestling nerds on this big uh, SummerSlam Friday. And congratulations on the last few months. It's been tremendous watching you. Yeah, awesome. Uh, pleasure to be here on your podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Man, I wasn't expecting love like this. I was expecting to get booed out of the coffee shop. <laughs> and you guys are some real wrestling fans here today. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, 3MB. 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 But uh, speaking of 3MB, man, let's talk about Drew. We're both getting released at the same time. And yes. think three years later, I'm WWE champion, and he has a huge match. Man, I, Drew someday is going to hold this championship or the Universal Championship. Get. Hey, Slater. <laughs> now, seriously, do you, still, do you still pinch yourself sometimes that this is what's happening and you've now had like a – it's what's turning into a semi-significant title reign as WWE champion? Yeah, no, uh, definitely it's real, but at the same time, like, this didn't happen by accident. I've, I've been putting in the work, you know, I've been, this is my goal, and when you work hard at your goals, when you're relentless at your goals, you know, things happen, you start to achieve your goals. So even be before I became champion, even before I was number one contender, I would tell Vince McMahon, listen, I'm going to have the keys to the kingdom someday, someday this place is going to be mine, Vince, I'm telling you. And just that confidence and week by week improving, coming in, Asking Vince, hey, Vince, how did it go? What would you think? Him being honest with me, building that relationship with Vince, which is something that I used to not have. I used to avoid him all the time. I, I was intimidated by him because, after all, he is Vince McMahon. But now I have a great relationship with Vince because uh, I know how Vince is. You know, he, uh, he appears to be a tough guy, but really he wants to help us because ultimately when we succeed, his company succeed, and he makes money. That is exactly right. 
Now it, it has to be though. There are a lot of there are a lot of great stories in the history of WWE. But from being released to coming back, was there a moment post-release in which you thought this dream, which you've had for so long, to be sitting here with this the the WWE Championship? How did you have a moment when you're like, well, that's over. That's maybe I'll end up in TNA. Maybe I'll end up doing this, but that's not going to happen. Man, little. <laughs> uh, I think I shared this story on Chris Jericho's podcast. I was one day away from signing with TNA. Or, or I was going to speak with TNA before WWE called me. So TNA had called me. There was a pay-per-view on Sunday in Orlando. I lived in Tampa. I was going to go talk to uh, Big, uh, John G- Gaboriuk. Uh, that's how you pronounce his name, I think. Gaboriuk, yes. So uh, s- that was Sunday and Saturday Mark Carano called me, one day before. <laughs> so uh, I still had the meeting. I told Carano, hey, listen, tomorrow I have this meeting. I already committed to it. We'll talk then. So I did the meeting, and obviously I signed back with WWE. And uh, but even What do they I- say on that phone call where it's like, hey, we thought about it, well, we don't think you stink anymore. We'd actually like to get another look at it. Like, how, do they, how do they have that call with you? Uh, so I got lucky because the roster split happened, and they needed to fill roster space with guys they can put on TV right away. Like, even when I came back, I wasn't coming back to become WWE champion. I was there to ultimately make the other guys look good. Uh, but I wasn't happy with that position. So I, I was in such a negative place when I got released, man. I was in a slump, and honestly, I got released because of me. I was not giving it 100%, and in WWE, if you don't give it 100%, you don't last. Simple as that. So I have no one to blame but myself. I was partying too much. I wasn't taking it seriously. Like, I was playing the blame game, like, oh, man, we're in 3 MB. Like, I would show up to TV, like, hoping, like, oh, man, I hope we don't have anything today, which you can't be, man. Well, that's You're, a bad, yeah, that's a that's bad spot That's the kiss to of death. So... Hey, I needed the kick in the butt, man. Uh, uh, so being released is honestly the best thing that happened to me. And even the two years that I was released, like, I still didn't take it seriously. I was still, like, drinking. I got way out of shape. And then one day I just quit. I quit drinking. I uh, started dieting and started training. And then two months later, I was signed back to WWE. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, like, I uh, – Exactly, exactly. So I don't know, like, if I didn't – you know, if I didn't take it seriously, I don't know if WWE would have called. I maybe it's, you know, there's a, a divine intervention or something. I don't know. But uh, it's definitely cool, man. I'm glad I got my act together. And since being in WWE, you know, it's, I'm fortunate enough. It's like a second chance. And it's not something that I take lightly. You know, every day in WWE is, is an opportunity. And I got to rise to the occasion. Um, every match that I have, man, uh, it's, it's a big deal for me. Even every live event match, I'm coming in, man. I'm all in on this, like, I'm a firm believer of when you give 100%, you get back 100%. If you get 50%, you get back you get back 50%. So, so I put in 100% ev- uh, every day, and this is just the beginning, man. I just turned 31. I was fortunate enough where I got when I <laughs> 31. 31. So uh, when I when I debuted, I was 24. When I got released, I was 27. So I still. Uh, you know, a lot of guys getting signed to NXT right now are my age, like uh, 30, 29, around that age period. So uh, I knew I could come back, and I s- still think I haven't even hit my prime. I'm improving every week, and and, uh, and the hard work is just beginning. Like, a lot of people ask me, you know, when you won the WWE Championship, did you celebrate? What did it feel like? Man, it was a weird feeling. Like, I, st- I didn't feel like I accomplished anything. Like, I could not celebrate because my goals are much bigger than this. Uh, I just don't want to be a flash in the pan. I don't just want to be uh, a one-time champion and then, you know, be like a story later on, like, oh, this was a failed experiment or something like that. So, you know, I have that pressure. But I like the pressure. I thrive off the pressure. And 
I love it, man. Uh, now, you're, now you're in a championship match against Shinsuke Nakamura on Sunday, which is pretty impressive. Craig, go ahead. Greg, you already freaked out to meet one Canadian legend today. I, I surprised him with a Bret Hart intro earlier today. You're trying to do it to me. Yeah. And now, and now the the Maharaja is here. What do you have? What do you want to ask, Jinder? For you, I have a job to do. You can't keep hitting me with these. Sorry, is what we do on TV. Now, I was gonna ask you, like, what does it feel like to win the championship? But you mentioned that you have goals that are bigger than this. So, I'm, what's next for Jinder? Like, what else do you have that you want to check off the bucket list? I just want to establish my own legacy, man. I want to become synonymous with WWE. Like right now, when you say WWE, you think of guys like John Cena, you think of Randy Orton, you think of someone like Undertaker, Bret Hart. I want that kind of legacy. <laughs> I know it sounds like a bit like a like a lofty goal, but I've also learned you got to set your your goals high. You well, know, the goal the, sounds much more lofty when you're not yet WWE <laughs> champion. Yeah. Um, but but, but man, where, where I started from, like. So I still get tweets to this day, like, like ah, I was Jinder Mahal champion. I remember when I got announced for that six-pack challenge match to, for the number one contendership match. I got so many tweets, like, how is Jinder Mahal in a number one contendership match? How is he being considered for a championship? So, you know, I, I, I want to prove those people wrong, man. Um, Do you, is there a different feeling? I was there. I was working the night that you won, and I, and I didn't get to see you afterwards. You were actually, like, I didn't see you at all that night, like, the entire night of your championship match, you were not really around, and you win the title. What's it like the next day when you walk into TV, or in your case, I guess two days later, when you walk into TVs and before you were gender and now you're WWE champion gender, do you feel a palpable difference? Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, everyone calls you champ. That never gets old. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, man, it's, everything's changed. Like now at the live events, I asked the marketing rep, hey, how, what was the attendance? What was the total uh, gross? What was the gross last time we were here? Uh, no, everything's changed, man. I, it's, overall respect, every, you get a different level of respect too. Uh, so we did the European tour be, be, while I was uh, number one contendership. And just the difference, like as I was in the main event every night, whereas before I was in like the opening match and the eight-man tag, you know, it's a whole different level of respect, and uh, that res level of respect comes with a lot of hard work. You're responsible for a lot of things, uh, and ultimately, I'm everywhere I go, I represent the WWE as champion, and that's another thing. When I was in 3MB, like, I couldn't hold it. I, I wasn't responsible enough. Like, I would have embarrassed the company. I would, you know, I wasn't mentally ma mature enough where I am now. Like, I don't party at all. I don't drink. It's been, like, over a year, zero alcohol. I go straight to my room every night because... I want to represent, ultimately represent this company in a in a good way, and uh, thank you, man. Thank you. <laughs> like, thank you, guys. Like people, even to this day, like tweet me like, "Oh, you're only champion because of India." No, India was a huge, a huge part of WWE. Like when when I first debuted, they didn't, you know, stick the rocket to my back back then. Like Kali raised the the profile so high. You know, uh, I got released. And when I got released in WWE, India was a huge part. So uh, I wasn't ready. Like, why would they? I had to prove that I was ready. And uh, honestly, like, when I look at the roster now, like, I, I do honestly believe, like, I am a main event-level guy from everything from just the way that I look and the way my in-ring work is, uh, has improved. And, you know, I just feel like I have a presence, like, uh, that you that you got to have to be a champion. Do you remember that moment when you um – when you had a non-title match on SmackDown as the main event with John Cena? Because uh, that was a couple days ago, and I was sitting there watching with Dipperstein, and I'm like, dude, 
Jinder has a match with John Cena, like, and it's legitimate. Like, this is, like, it's, it, does that, what, first of all, did you, how much did you talk to John about, like, how big a deal was it for you to have a match like that? Like, granted, it wasn't for the title. Yeah. And granted, you need a little bit of help from Baron Corbin when it's all said and done to, es- to escape the unbeatable John Cena. But when it's all said and done, that must be a special moment just to have that match to main event of SmackDown. No, definitely. So I wrestled John Cena one time before on SmackDown Live. It was 3MB versus, I think, uh, Ryback, John Cena, and Randy Orton. And literally, I was in the ring for 30 seconds with John Cena. I came Didn't in. you guys sp- go over? Just kidding. All right, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> I think I came in his face, I air guitar, and I slapped him, and he punched me and gave me the AA. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was the whole match. So, uh, yeah, man. Uh, no, to just be in there with someone like John Cena, and it was cool because we literally discussed nothing in that match except for the final moments. We just, that's the way John Cena is. He's like, hey, I'm like, John, what do you want to do? He's like, uh, we got to feel how the crowd is. So we were in there, and he calls test of strength. I was like, oh, yes, I love oh, this. We, I, we, oh, did you pop? How hard did you pop oh, for the oh, test of strength? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, it's on now. <laughs> Go ahead, Greg. I just want, how much input do you have in your character? Because I, I feel like your entrance is one of the most brilliant things I see on WWE TV. I've said this before. Like, you literally are leading the WWE Universe out of the darkness, and you're bringing us into the light in your entrance. Oh, my God. Here we go. I want it all. Preach it. Preach it. Like, you, you've seen the entrance. That's exactly what happens. What's the creative process with, with things like your entrance and the moveset and everything like that? Yeah, so the entrance, uh, I worked with Triple H uh, after I won the title. Like, when I won the title, my Titantron was just this logo right here. <laughs> Like, just plain red, and I came to TV the next week, and they're like, hey, we're going to spice up your, your entrance. I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. So yeah, we just had, like, a couple different ideas between me and Triple H. Like, actually, for the first couple weeks, I had the turban like this, and then I, I would rip it off, which I thought was very, very cool, but uh, it was, it was uh, I wish, but <laughs> can't do it anymore for, for some reason. I don't know why. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, the Brian Campbell, a question for uh, the champ. I'm sorry, sorry, the David Shoemaker. Wow. You guys look wow. same. I'm sorry. Wow. All the white guys on this podcast not named me are the same to me. Us white guys look alike. We all look go, alike. Ahead, go ahead, Shoemaker, sorry. Um, I'm going to one-up Greg on the nerdy question uh, scale here. Um, I think, like, I mean, the crowd here, are, are the listeners of this podcast are pretty well-educated in the, the background oh. of wrestling. But I think that, we, I think that most people can understand – you know, committing yourself to getting in shape to like what th- that you can wrap your mind around, you know, getting into the physical shape of getting in. But can you give us some idea of like, like we've watched you actually become a much better wrestler over the span since you, since you won the title. I mean, just night to night, we see the improvement coming. Yeah. Is it just, is it a confidence thing? Are you putting, is, do you put in reps when the cameras aren't on? Is it just being in the ring with better competitors? I mean, what, what is it that, that makes you grow as a, as an in ring talent? Yeah, all of the above, but mainly it starts with my attitude. I had a complete 180 in my attitude. I started reading like a lot of self-help books, like books like 10X, just about setting goals. And uh, I listened to this guy, Eric Thomas, E.T., or even, yeah, E.T., man. Just, yeah, man, I started just like having positivity around me, like podcasts, books, and positive things started happening. Like even as of New Year, I started writing down my goals every day, 
literally even to this day, I still write, but my goal has changed. So I used to write down, become a champion in WWE, which was a huge mistake. I should have write, wrote, become WWE champion. I aimed low. I was thinking maybe IC champ. Man, if I would just win like a tag team title, I'd be so happy. But now I write 10-time world, uh, world champion, 10-time WWE champion. That's what I meant. I ain't losing. Right. Stay champ. Stay champ. Be Brian Campbell. Go ahead. Jinder, you certainly have a lot of matches to be proud of from this feud with Randy Orton. I got to give you respect old school 3MB style here. You remember the WLC match, of course? Because here's why I'm going to give you respect. Of course, that was Hornswoggle. That was El Torito. But you sold out. You emptied the jar for those guys in the spots that went around that match. How much do you remember and like, love that match looking back? No, that's actually one of my favorite matches. Uh, I get, <laughs> uh, so before I won the championship, I would get asked all the time, what are you, what are your favorite, what's your favorite match? I was, I have two matches for complete different reasons. First match being with Seth Rollins for the first ever NXT championship. Second was the WLC. Man, it was just, <laughs> it was just so much fun. And we actually like took it as an insult that we got put on the pre-show. Right. Not, not like we had a chip on our shoulder. We're like, hey, listen, we're going to steal the show. We're going to literally Hello? No, we're good. Yeah. yeah, we are literally going to kill ourselves for this match. And uh, that's exactly what we did, man. We had a chip on our shoulder. Even Hornswoggle, man, he came to play that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think everybody was shocked, man. The crowd, we got a, this is awesome chant. And it was in uh, New Jersey, I believe, at the Meadowlands. Oh, man, the crowd was hot. Do you, speaking, of, speaking of a hot crowd, you come out Sunday night at the Barkley Center in your championship match against Shinsuke Nakamura, who we all know is over beyond belief. Everyone loves Shinsuke and has for a long time. And rightfully so. He's, he's fantastic. When you walk through the curtain at what is the biggest night of your career so far, um, will you be disappointed with cheers or pleased with cheers? Like, what do you want and expect? No, honestly, as long as they're making noise, just our WWE Universe now is, is so educated, man. They're, as long as they're making noise... Uh, like uh, the other week, we were in Toronto, in Canada. Huge reaction, man. I, I, of course. You can see from my intro, I'm feeling it. <laughs> and actually, the referee had to come up to me. Obviously, someone told him on the headset, hey, remember, you're a heel. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I, it really doesn't matter to me, man, as long as they're making noise. Yeah, Shinsuke, man, he's over. Actually, like a couple of weeks ago, I was working Shinsuke on a live event. He's making his uh, his introduction. I got lost in the introduction uh, in his entrance. I know. I had to almost. I almost had to. I almost forgot where I was, and I was. I had to check myself. Like, oh man, I'm about to face this. <laughs> <laughs> now, and and also, I'm guessing we all know. No one knows anything that happens basically until it happens. Yep. So, are you pretty? I mean, this is a match where it is. You could easily argue that Tuesday you're champion. And and that is the argument that I made. I've made for for many reasons, um, but you could certainly argue why it makes sense for Shinsuke to be champion come Tuesday. So, like, do you have any idea in your mind? Do you think about like, man, I hope this is mine past Tuesday? How much time do you spend thinking about that? Yeah, obviously, I want it to be mine past Tuesday, uh, but I know Shin. Uh, he's deserving of the title. You know, he's he's been around for years. He's he's paid the price, man. He's. He's had a lot of sacrifices. He's moved halfway across the world for this. So, I mean, <laughs> I've had my own sacrifices. So whoever holds this band is, is worthy of, of the WWE Championship, I so believe. He's not going to be holding his Baron Corbin confirmed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
So, uh, real quick, who, who is someone who, since you, is there anyone you've heard from, anyone who's reached out, any legends you've had conversations with since you've become champ that have been meaningful for you? Yeah, man. I, uh, so, the other day, someone asked me about, obviously, Ric Flair's. Uh, um, Make some noise for the uh, nature yeah, boy, Ric Flair. He, he's going to pull through. If anybody can pull through, it's Flair. But one of the, like, the biggest compliments I received ever was uh, that night in St. Louis. Uh, when I faced Randy, I seen Rick backstage, and he and he called me champ. That oh, like, man. man, yeah, Rick, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was it, man. man. Yeah, when when Flair calls you champ, yeah, not nothing more needs to be said. So yeah, that's definitely the coolest moment. Um, well, listen, I I, I want to let you go. You need to get rest. You, we know you don't party. We know you don't drink. So you need yeah. to rest. Uh, but thank you so much for making time to do this, man. You're yeah, a, thank you. Yeah, uh, you guys have been awesome, man. It means a lot to all of us. Make some noise one more time for the modern-day Maharaja. Jinder Mahal, New York City. Well, there's not a lot more to say after that. Thank you, Jinder. I'll see you Sunday. You, P, hold down the fort. I, I need a picture with the Maharaja. I'll be back. Okay, go ahead. Get your picture with the Maharaja, of course. Um, guys, what can I say? You're all mage for coming out. But let's be honest, I'm mage for pulling this off. Let's just go to it.